Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 4 of the Pokemon Snapshot. We are still going, Tyler. How are you doing today? Oh, not too bad. I'm just surprised to hear that we haven't been cancelled or anything yet, since that seems to be the going trend with you these days, Jeff. Hey, we're new. I'm just trying to make sure that we still have a job. Haha, <laughs> that's true. Before we get started, let's do a little bit of housekeeping. I just wanted to ask everyone to please like our Twitter page, at Pokemon Snapshot. You can even send us an email at the Pokemon Snapshot if you want to send in your thoughts on today's episode. Also, when I am going and watching the episodes, I am tweeting from that page, let, letting everyone know that they can send their thoughts on that thread as well. So, Tyler, are we ready to get right into the episode? Yeah, let's jump into the episode. We got an action-packed one for this week. Yes. So, today's episode is episode four, Challenge of the Samurai. Um, in Japan, it was called Challenge of the Samurai Boy. That makes more sense. <laughs> because he wasn't really a man, but we'll get into that. Or even a samurai. Or even a samurai, yeah, that is true. This episode aired in Japan on April 22nd, 1997, and aired in the United States on September 11th, 1998. Ah, good times. All right, Tyler, let's get into our episode. All right, so let's begin the action for this week. So today's episode starts off with Ash declaring to the world that he will be the greatest Pokemon master of all time. Apparently catching two Pokemon the other day really inflated his ego. I mean, he's just happy. He's just happy to be there at this point. That's true, I, I guess. I mean, nothing really that positive has happened, but he's a positive guy. I'll give him credit for that. Um, all of Ash's failings are then recounted by the narrator, so immediately after Ash says this, the narrator's like, alright, let's recap the series thus far, and we just go through disaster after disaster. Did you notice how he made it sound way more epic than it really was, though? That's true, he did do that. But that's kind of his job, he's the hype man. We need a hype person. I'll get on like that. Stand in the background. This is like stand in the background and be like, good job, Tyler. You're doing a real nice job recording your podcast. Uh, but yeah, the, the narrator's definitely hyping it up a bit, but, you know, what can you do? Uh, so, once we're done listening to the narrator, we immediately do a pan down of Viridian Forest, where we hear an ominous scream, but it's just Misty again freaking out because of a bug. Apparently, her slight character growth from the day before, where she discovered that bugs actually aren't so bad, uh, did not stick. Because she's back to doing that again, which is just awesome. I mean, I don't think she turned around on all bugs, but just Caterpie. That, that's probably true. That's almost gotta be. Um, Ash then, of course, being a smart aleck, then, like, immediately Insta appears in a cow suit in typical anime fashion. You know how they do that. They're like, oh, I'm gonna just randomly change my outfit and start screaming for no reason. Uh, so he, end he, he, like, poofs into a cow suit and then says to Misty that she has seen a Caterpie. And I was in stitches from that, but not really because it was an awful joke. Yes, and that comes the problem where it was a pun that was untranslatable in English. So I'm going to say they tried their best. <laughs> they tried their best. Yes, they tried their best. They got a participation trophy. <laughs> because nice. in Japanese, what Misty does is she goes, Mushi, 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 which means bug, bug, bug. And then Ash goes, Ushi, and that is cow in Japanese. Ah, so that makes sense. Because I was like, that joke is lame. Like, why did he do that? But it makes sense now. Yes. 
So just imagine being the person trying to translate that and go, okay, all right, he ends up in a cow suit. How are we going to roll with this? We'll say she saw a counter pee. And then that person was immediately fired. To be fair, it's not that bad when you look at what they had to work with. That's true. That's true. But still pretty bad. So after after that fun little moment, um, Ash then spots a Weedle. The Pokédex warns Ash about the stinger on its head, but of this, of course, does not deter him. Ash goes to catch the Pokémon, and this time he actually remembers he has to weaken it first. Holy cow, he remembered. I put the same note. I know, I was like kind of shocking. I'm like, wait a minute, Ash learned a lesson? Holy cow. Like, who knew that he could do that? Um, so he tries to send in Pikachu, but of course looks over and sees that Pikachu is in fact taking a nap under a blanket. Um, in all of this preparation, the Weedle actually sees Misty and decides, hey, I'm gonna chase her. So that's exactly what it does. And as the Weedle begins to chase after Misty, Ash has the thought to send out his Pidgeotto. It seems like even though Misty doesn't like bug Pokemon, all the bug Pokemon like her. I know, right? That, that makes, yeah, I mean, I don't know what the deal is. Maybe it's like a pheromone thing. Who knows? I have no idea. But, uh, yeah, so Pidgeotto uh, immediately uses Gust Attack and doesn't miss character growth. I'm glad to see we're starting to get some character growth mixed in here. Um, so he doesn't miss and successfully wounds the Weedle. Um, as this is going on, so we kind of flash away from the battle, uh, we see that Misty is marching away through the forest when suddenly because she's mad about being chased by this bug, when suddenly she is jumped by a sword-wielding hooligan dressed like a samurai. He says, Greetings, O shrieking maiden, O shrieking maiden, as he literally pulls out a sword and points it directly in her face, as if that is a completely normal thing to do, and as if it isn't completely understandable that Misty um, was freaked out by a guy basically jumping out from behind a tree and pointing a sword at her. I mean, that would freak me out, but Tyler, what I was thinking during that whole time was the time you decided to draw a sword on our, our RA in college. Now, in fairness, it was a wooden sword. It wasn't an actual, like, sharp, pokey sword. I mean, I could have, like, blunt hit him with it, but, you know, sometimes you gotta, sometimes you gotta live by the sword, Jeff. Yes, he drew a sword on our RA and then backed him into the closet, and then we shut our RA in the closet and... I'm pretty sure we held him in there for like 10 minutes. Yeah, that's the that's how you build positive friendships in college, I learned, because I actually did become friends with that RA. Um, <laughs> I think it's because he respected and feared me. Hi, Andrew. Hi, Andrew, Andrew. If Yes, hi, Andrew, <laughs> if you're listening. He probably isn't. I'm sorry about that, Andrew, if you do ever hear this. I didn't I didn't mean to, for it to go that far. It was just idea to lock you in the closet. I was just going to threaten you real quick. So anyway, back on to what we were talking about. Uh, he then asks asks Misty, as he has a sword pointed in her face, whether or not she is the trainer coming from Pallet Town. I'm not sure why he didn't think to ask the gender of this trainer that he is looking for or anything like that, because we can assume who he's probably actually looking for. Uh, but apparently he just went into this search woefully unprepared uh, because he did not even know what this trainer looked like. And Misty does not look at all like Ash. Uh, Misty says that it is not her that he is looking for. He just takes this at face value and puts his sword away and warns her not to shriek anymore or she will attack Beedrills. 
Well, Samurai Kid, maybe if you weren't jumping out from behind trees and swinging swords at people, they wouldn't be shrieking in the forest. Did you ever consider that in your little plan? Probably not. At this point, he walks off. Uh, Misty begins talking to herself, saying that this is a weird kid, and then suddenly it dawns on her. A little bit slow to the uptake here, Misty, but it does dawn on her that he must actually be looking for Ash. Which shows that Misty cares, even though she has shown her frustration with Ash, she does really care deep inside. She cares really, really deep inside. So deep she doesn't realize she cares yet, but hopefully someday we get to see that, you know, playing out a little more obviously. We then flash back to the battle where Ash has successfully wounded Weedle, and before he can catch it, the samurai-dressed hooligan comes up behind him and asks him if he is the trainer from Pallet Town. Ash, of course, being Ash, answers yes, and immediately the hooligan pulls a sword and points it at Ash's face, again, swinging the sword around. And at this moment, we see Misty running up from behind, yelling his name to warn him. She was a little bit late, but, you know, we gotta give her some credit for at least trying. Yes, and my first thought with this was, it was pretty rude of the samurai to bother him, as he could obviously Ash obviously see that Ash was trying to catch the Weedle. Yeah, no kidding, like... Especially once you find out why he's doing this, it's like, bruh, couldn't you just, like, wait, like, a minute or two? Like, he, he was about to catch this Weedle, and then you interrupted him. And boy, does that have some uh, bad effects later on in the episode. <laughs> we will get into those a little bit later. Yes. So then, uh, Ash's first reaction upon having this person jumping up from behind him and pulling a sword on him is to say that his sword doesn't actually scare him at all, and he won't be able to steal his Pokemon. Why does Ash just never seem to have a grasp on the seriousness of the situation he is in? He has been almost killed several times. He's been he's been mugged unsuccessfully, but mugged nonetheless, and is now being threatened with a weapon and doesn't seem to care at all. He just sort of is rolling with the punches like, oh, this is fine. This guy literally is threatening to stab me, but whatever. He has a one-track mind. I mean, all he cares about is becoming a Pokemon Master, which, as we can see, so far he's not the greatest at. No, he is not. So, um, the, the hooligan then announces that his name is, in fact, Samurai, real creative, and says he isn't there to steal Ash's Pokemon. He goes on to explain that he is fearless in combat and has been searching the forest for him to challenge him to a match. And it kind of makes me wonder, how exactly has he heard of Ash at this point? What has Ash done to get him any kind of notoriety? I mean, we do find out later in the episode that he knows how many kids are coming from Pallet Town. That's true. So maybe he didn't necessarily know Ash, but he knew that a kid from Pallet Town was going to be coming and he just kind of has this thing for wanting to challenge people from Pallet Town. Ash, in typical fashion, uh, gets distracted by his Weedle after all this has happened. Literally, the sword is still out. Um, and he realizes he still needs to catch this Weedle because it's now wounded, and he looks, and the Weedle gets away. The Weedle used the distraction to Weedle away, Jeff. <laughs> yes, so he Weedles away. Um, Ash then tells the Samurai that the Weedle only got away because of him, which, in fairness, is true. Uh, the Samurai then says that he shouldn't blame the failure on him, which again, it was his fault because Ash was, uh, but he says it's because of Ash's handling of the Pokemon and being dim-witted that is the reason the Weedle got away, completely ignoring the fact that he again pulled a weapon on a random stranger and jumped out from behind a tree, causing bad things to happen. This Samurai kid just does not seem to understand 
that that is not A, normal behavior, or B, effective behavior when you're trying to get something from somebody. You mean pulling a sword on a random person isn't how I get what I want? I mean, it can be if it's your resident assistant and verbal warnings aren't working, but uh, not in this particular case, I don't think. It doesn't seem like a bright strategy. Um, plus, if I was Ash off into the world, I'd have my own sword. Let's be honest. I'd be rocking like a katana or something uh, like this kid, and I'd be ready. We could have had an actual samurai battle. So anyway, the uh, Ash then says that he's going to battle this samurai, and he sends out Pidgeotto, but Pidgeotto is exhausted and nearly asleep. Yes, because Ash still doesn't realize that Pokemon get tired. They aren't just machines. Well, some of them aren't. These are living things, Ash. They're not there for you to just capture and tow around and make fight at every whim. You need to feed them. You need to play with them. You need to befriend them. You cannot just do whatever it is that you're doing right now and expect your Pokemon team to be effective. Uh, Misty, uh, kind of agreeing with me, uh, Misty informs him that he needs to rest his Pokemon every once in a while, something he really should have known, but what else is new with Ash? He doesn't seem to have any of the basic principles of pokemon training down at this point the samurai then of course jumps in and also scoffs at ash uh and then immediately sends out his pincer pokemon uh the pokedex explains that pincer is a pokemon with powerful claws that put the squeeze ha on other pokemon get it puts the squeeze on other pokemon more wordplay this is going to be a punny episode <laughs> this Jeff. is a very punny episode punny get it like funny Yes, I get it. Yes, okay. All right, moving on with that. But So, Ash decides he is going to fight with Pidgeotto anyway for some reason, and he has Pidgeotto use Sand Attacked, uh, but of course it is not very effective. Pinsir then tackles Pidgeotto. Which is something that the anime gets wrong from the games, because Pinsir is actually not able to learn the move Tackle. Oh, ho, ho. See, I've never used Pinsir in the game, so I did not realize that. That's interesting. To hear. I never did either. He was a late game bug Pokemon, and in the original bug Pokemon were kind of weak unless you went with Butterfree. Yep, exactly. So nobody cares about Pinsir in the games. I'm not sure why this kid thinks he can rock Pinsir and, you know, threaten people with it. But anyway, uh, Pinsir tackles Pidgeotto, and Pidgeotto is knocked out and beaten. Samurai asks Ash if he is ready to surrender, but he is not, and he sends out Metapod. He immediately realizes his mistake, though, after sending out Metapod, when he kind of has like a sort of flashback vision type of thing, where he pictures Metapod literally being clamped in half by Pinsir. I was shocked, Jeff. Like, that was pretty, you know, pretty brutal for this particular anime, seeing that Metapod just get like smash in half. It's like, all right, let's just literally kill this guy in a dream sequence type of thing. Yeah, he gets just completely ripped in half in that dream sequence. Yep. Uh, so Ash, of course, has the forethought to order Metapod to harden, and the pincer comes up and bites the Metapod, and instead of getting ripped in half in real life, uh, the hardening actually breaks Pincer's claw doodads that are up on his head. And that was kind of gruesome as well, seeing that horn break. I just thought, ouch. Yep, that was not a good time. Uh, so Samurai has to call Pincer back and then throws out another Metapod. Interesting choice. Let's see how this plays out. Um, Samurai's Metapod then hardens, and uh, Ash tells his Metapod to do maximum hardness, which I'm not even sure that that's actually a move. Isn't that a move, Jeff? No, that is not a move. It is just hardened. And this kind of goes into a, a bit of dumbness, I guess, 
lack of a better term, for Ash because his his Metapod evolved from a Caterpie, which means it is going to need to partake in Caterpie's moves. It's going to keep Caterpie's moves. Um, and so his Metapod should also know Tackle and String Shot, but we're just going to sit there and harden. <laughs> I know, right? Um, so the Metapods just kind of like harden and then stare at each other awkwardly for seemingly forever. As this occurs, we flash over and we see Pikachu and Misty uh, just chilling in beach loungers uh, in their shades and drinking what appears to be a strawberry daiquiri, which I thought was an interesting choice. That reminds me, Jeff, are strawberry daiquiris still your favorite drink? I know they were in college. I have not had one in a really long time. I'm now, I guess, as my tastes are more well refined, I'm a margarita person. <laughs> a strawberry margarita. I know that's probably not refined, <laughs> but... They're literally I, in the same family of drink, Jeff. Uh, one has tequila and one has rum. Okay, I mean, that that's true. They're very similar, though. Uh, you know, Jeff would proudly rock his strawberry daiquiris in college, and honestly, I respected him for that. It's one of the main reasons I kept him around. Like, you know, you'd go out somewhere and Jeff would be rocking his strawberry daiquiris. He had no shame. I still don't. I'll order that fruity drink. Good, you do that. You should do that. I've never really particularly liked drinks like that, but, uh, you know, you do you. The only thing I won't do is a screwdriver, and we know why, Tyler. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. Uh, so, um, Misty is definitely also not old enough for one of these daiquiris. I'm wondering if maybe in this world, you know, children just kind of grow up too quick. You know, as soon as you hit 10, they're like, here's a Pokemon, go out into the world by yourself. It could be the non-alcoholic version. That's true, it could be, but I mean, what's really the point of that? Uh, also, I just wanted to point out that this scene was cut out from the Hindi dub of the episode. Oh, interesting. I didn't even realize there was a Hindi dub. Yeah, it's been dubbed in other languages, and I don't have a lot of notes from other languages, but the site I use wanted to note that this part was taken out of the Hindi dub. Okay, interesting. I think it was a good addition. Yeah, it was probably due to Misty in her bikini. Ah, yes, yes. After we come back from seeing Pikachu and Misty chilling with their daiquiris, uh, the staring just continues, Jeff. They just continue to stare at one another. Uh, fortunately, the awkwardness is broken up by flashing over to Team Rocket, or I should say awkwardness enhanced. Um, as they run through the forest in their Team Rocket, what appears to be some sort of, like, I called it cardboard car thing. Like, it was like a box decorated like a cardboard car, and they had it up over their heads, and they're literally running through the forest holding this thing up uh, while Meowth is just kind of chilling on top. Apparently, he isn't helping because he's on lookout. Typical Meowth fashion. Ha. Like, he is such a he is such a little rascal. Making um, the humans and, do all his work. Yeah, I know, right? And then Team Rocket kind of explains that, this, that the whole purpose of this particular mobile shelter is is to protect them from Beedrills. Uh, so then at this point, we, uh, so now we know Team Rocket is like on the loose. So, you know, be ready for that. Uh, and then we flash back to the awkward staring. Uh, both Samurai and Ash, after awkwardly staring at one another and their Metapods for a really long period of time, just sort of fall over in exhaustion. Also, pretty typical anime thing for it to happen right there. Yes, and I mean, this has got to be one of the most boring Pokemon battles ever. Jeff, I really hope that this is the most boring Pokemon battle ever because, oh my 
God, they've just been staring at each other for what? Probably 20, 30 minutes at this point? It's got to be longer than that. It shows the sun moving and the shadows shifting. Oh, man. Yeah, it's bad. And you think at one point one of them would be like, maybe Metapod has other attacks, but apparently not. Then, all of a sudden, things get real. This is when we really start getting into that happening action. Um, they hear a group of Beedrills coming, and then they both go to pull in their Metapods, because these Beedrills are flying out of the woods at them. Uh, the match has apparently been paused at this point. Um, the Pokédex, or, or Ash hears from the Pokédex that they have Poisonous Stingers. So he has, the, he has the thought to pull out his Pokédex to identify these Pokémon. And they say they have Poisonous Stingers, and it is then revealed that the Weedle from earlier actually went and snitched on Ash. I have a few points here. Uh, one, he seems to not know anything about Pokemon, but he's lived in this world, so he's had to learn something. Yeah, you'd think that you'd see a Beedrill and be like, hmm, this isn't that far from home. I've probably encountered these before. Those are literally massive bees. Yes, and that kind of goes with my other point. I don't like bugs, as I said in the previous episode, especially bees. I hate bees, but could you imagine a swarm of giant bees coming at you like that? No, and I've always thought they kind of look more like hornets, which is honestly even worse. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're, that would be a massively not great experience uh, going on. Uh, so then, just then, though, a Beedrill sweeps down and it scoops up Metapod before he can be called back. Ash attempts to call him back, but it doesn't work. They've gotten away. There's been a kidnapping, Jeff. Oh no. I know, right? Uh, the Beedrill then swoops in to attack Ash and Pikachu in his, uh, super Pikachu-y thing to do. Uh, decides to intervene by shocking the Beedrill, but also shocking Ash pretty badly. Again, one of these days, something bad's gonna happen to Ash from him, like, flying these few thousand volts of electricity through him seemingly every day. Thanks, Pikachu. You're being a real big help here. Yes, and I think we learned in our first episode how much voltage Pikachu has going through him. So, yeah, this could end up being a scary moment. Yes, it could, but it, fortunately it doesn't. Uh, the Beedrill re retreats in pain, and Ash and Misty begin to run. It cuts to a commercial break if you were watching the original version, and that's where the Who's That Pokemon comes in. Who's That Pokemon? All right, and the Pokemon for this week is Metapod, who in Japan is called Transel. So, or in Japanese is called Transel. So, some information about Metapod. He's number 11. He is a bug-type Pokemon. He is 2 foot 4 inches tall and weighs 21.8 pounds. That is a terrifying thought to think how big those actually are. Yes. I mean, most Pokemon are over a foot tall, so just figuring out, like, how they would look up to you, that would yes. be... I don't know if I'd... Again, it's terrifying to live in the world of Pokemon. Yes, it is. Uh, and his category is the Cocoon Pokemon, and he evolves into Butterfree at level 10. Alright, his origin. So, his name comes from... Metapod is a combination of metamorphosis and pod referring to his chrysalis state. His Japanese name, Transol, may be a combination of transform and cell or shell. That's cool. I actually like that name better then. Yeah, so I always think it's interesting because I've done a lot of research on these Pokemon preparing for, you know, our previous episodes and preparing for episodes in the future. And a lot of Japanese name origins actually come from their English words, which I think is very interesting. That is interesting. 
Metapod appears to be based on a butterfly chrysalis with its color and shape being similar to those of the black swallowtail, pipevine swallowtail, and polydomus swallowtail. So, I don't know if you remember last episode what when I kind of alluded to this, but it's interesting because Caterpie is also based off of a swallowtail larva. So they're kind of keep going with the swallowtail theme here. So, Metapod's biology. Metapod is a Pokemon that resembles a green chrysalis. Its body is crescent-shaped with several segments making up the lower point. The front of the shell resembles a face with heavy-lidded eyes and a sharply pointed nose. The back of its shell consists of several geometrically shaped portions and projections. And onto our um, Pokedex. The red and blue Pokedex about Metapod says the, this Pokemon is a vulnerable to attack while its shell is soft, exposing its weak and tender body. Yellow Pokedex says hardens its shell to protect itself. However, a large impact may cause it to pop out of its shell. That sounds gruesome. Yes, it does. That would be really weird to see. A uh, ruby and sapphire Pokedex says the shell covering this Pokemon's body is as hard as an iron slab. Metapod does not move very much. It stays still because it is preparing its soft innards for evolution inside the hard shell. Okay, nice. Uh, it's black and white Pokedex says a steel hard shell protects its heart, its tender body. It quietly endures hardships while awaiting evolution. So Metapod lives a hard life. Ah, more punny jokes. I did not mean that as a pun, but yes. Um, Pokemon Sun says its shell is filled with its soft innards. It doesn't move much because of the risk it might carelessly spill its innards out. Oh, that would be nasty to see. <laughs> I really hope we get to see that, though, but we probably won't. Can you just imagine Metapod sitting there like, oh, I need to go over there, and it just walks over, and there's all its intestines and everything just spill out of its mouth. Yeah, that would, this would be a different kind of show in that moment. I can say that. Holy yes. cow. Yes, and the final Pokedex entry that I had to note was from Ultra Moon, which says its hard shell doesn't crack a bit even if Pick-a-Peck pecks at it, but it will tip over spilling out its insides. <laughs> Man, this is kind of wild. I When you first said that the uh, Who's That Pokemon was going to be Metapod, I was like, yawn, time for my bathroom break. But this has actually gotten a lot more disturbing than I ever expected. Yes. I thought the same thing. I'm like, oh, this is going to be the quickest Who's That Pokemon ever. I'm not going to... F I'm, I was pretty sure all the Pokedex entries were just about it being, you know, very hard. Yep. But no, <laughs> Metapod has a disturbing past. Yes, it does. Uh, and then a bit of trivia about Metapod. We I have that Ume Aoki, a Japanese cartoonist famous for her work on the manga... Hidamari sketch, and as the character designer for the anime Puella Magi Madoka Magica, sorry about my pronunciation there, uh, utilizes a likeness of herself cosplaying as a Metapod to represent herself in her work. As people say, every Pokemon is someone's favorite Pokemon somewhere. Yeah, if uh, Metapod is your favorite Pokemon and you're listening to this, please let us know because I have got to figure out what kind of people like Metapod the best out of all other Pokemon. So far, uh, manga artists, I guess. I guess so. All right, Tyler, let's get back into the episode. Okay, sounds good. Uh, so, you know, we, we jump back into the episode and um, we flash to the samurai also running for his life. Uh, with the crew on the run behind him. The dramatic music then commences. We are on a wild chase. 
Fortunately, the group manages to hide behind a bush and the Beedrills fly by. Um, the group then spots a series of Kakunas hanging from the trees, and the Pokédex that Ash pulls out explains that Kakunas are the midway point between Beedrill and a Weedle. The Weedles actually hatch into Beedrills from the Kakunas. This is like turning into some horror movie type stuff. Like, holy cow. Yeah, and I put on there again, this is why Pokémon would be terrifying. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Could you imagine just walking up on this tree and just seeing all these giant crystalluses just sitting there? Yeah, I know, right? It'd be terrifying. Uh, and so they see him up on the tree, and at this moment, uh, when the, and at this moment, Ash actually spots Metapod leaning against leaning up against a tree uh, with all of the uh, Kakunas. Ash, in typical fashion, yells out and is told to be quiet by Misty. He's going to disturb the Kakunas. Well, it's too late. Good job, Ash. Um, the Kakunas hatch, and the Beedrills actually emerge having evolved. And this is an important thing to note, is that this is the only time that Kakunas, and later we'll see another Pokemon evolve that way. Uh, typically, they just do the typical white changing into their new form. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, and then after after that, a, another chase commences. We have more dramatic music. They're running through the forest for their lives as these massive wasp-like Pokemon are chasing them. This would be terrifying. Um, and uh, fortunately, they come upon a random cabin in the woods. More horror connections there. Um, and the samurai basically says, Hey, that's my cabin. Let's run to it for safety. Um, so now we have a scene that actually reminds me of Alfred, Hitch of Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. I feel like I've got another one of those before, too, reminding me of The Birds from, like, episode one or two. Uh, episode one when the Spiros were attacking Ash. Yes, yes. So there's a lot of birds references going on in this podcast. Fantastic movie if you haven't seen it. Uh, and then the cabin is surrounded by beedrills. You know, they're swooping all around it, and one of them, you know, zips down and pokes a hole through the wall it's intense like i i would be i'd need to change my huggies if i was in that cabin that's for sure <laughs> yeah and if the beedrills can pierce the wooden cabin imagine what it would have done if it would have caught them i know right another fine example i mean in this time in this case they do understand the severity of the situation i guess but holy cow like these things are literally going to tear them to pieces if they catch them this is like an intense episode so far um, so, but fortunately, after they close the door, it appears they are safe, they are safe for now, and in usual Pokemon Season 1 fashion, uh, it begins with, or Ash and another character begin to argue. This time, it's Samurai. Uh, so Samurai blames Ash for letting the Weedle get away, as if the whole thing isn't totally his fault. I said the exact same thing. Yeah, it's like, how does the Samurai reconcile at this point that this isn't his fault, I mean, Ash was clearly going to catch that Weedle before he interrupted him by, you know, jumping up behind him with a weapon. Um, so then the samurai also blames uh, Ash for Metapod being captured. That's a low blow. And says that the other trainers from Pallet would not have let that happen. Wow, dude. That is not cool. Um, he's already having a bad day, virtually living in Alfred Hitchcock's birds at this point. Um, and then he has to do a low below the belt blow like that. I don't respect the samurai kid. He's kind of an annoying, uh, an annoying person. Um, and then the samurai actually reveals his motive for the first time. He reveals that he has, in fact, battled all three trainers from Pallet on their way through. 
Um, and he got his butt kicked by all three. He has been training to finally beat the fourth, which makes me wonder, how long has he actually been training for? Isn't this like day three or four of Ash leaving? I guess we don't know that for sure, but it definitely seems like he hasn't been gone that long yet. I mean, we've seen them go to sleep twice. They went to sleep last episode when Caterpie and Pikachu had their pep talk, yeah. and then they just went to sleep in Samurai's cabin. Now. So is this so, day yeah. two? So they haven't even gone to sleep yet. Yeah, yeah, this is, yeah. It, it hasn't been that long, so he's been training for like a solid two hours preparing for this fourth person. Um, Ash, uh, Ash is then told that he is a joke compared to them, which in fairness, I could have guessed that that would probably be the case. But you didn't have to, like, throw that out there. This samurai kid's a jerk. He's waving weapons at people. He's, he's threatening to hurt them physically and then actually hurting them emotionally, Jeff. And that's where his real power seems to come from, is emotionally... Uh, damaging ash so after this after this uh sad moment night comes and the beedrills have gone and ash is lying in his bed awake pondering how much he sucks and dreaming of finding metapod again uh what's cool while this scene is going on at the bottom of ash's sleeping bag you can see that it says satoshi okay i missed that uh, that is actually his Japanese name. They didn't edit it out for some reason or make it say Ash. And his name comes from Satoshi Tajiri, who is the creator of Pokemon. Interesting. You know, I think that's funny that they, like, changed his name for the for the English dub. Because I feel like not every anime does that. I don't watch a ton of anime, I'll admit. But, like, watching, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! back in the day, all those people kept their Japanese names. So I think it's kind of interesting that they changed it up for the English dub of this one. Maybe they were looking way ahead to the second movie when they used Ash's name in a like a little stone slab they found and they like couldn't f and they needed to figure that out. But we will get there in like two years. Okay, that sounds good. So make note: two years from now, we will finally figure out the answer to that question. Uh, so morning comes and we see Metapod just kind of uh, chilling with the Beedrills. You know, he doesn't seem too particularly phased by what's going on. Um, what do they want with him anyway? Nobody really knows. I don't think they ever explain it. Uh, but fortunately, Ash creeps up to rescue Metapod. And right before he can be maybe successful in this, uh, Team Rocket jumps out. Um, they begin singing their little poem thing to introduce themselves. Uh, and and Ash just kind of interrupts them midway through. It goes, not now. But that doesn't stop them. They continue anyway. Ash warns them. You gotta be quiet or you'll alert the Beedrills. Another example of Ash actually learning his lesson from something. What's happening in this episode? I don't know. To be perfectly fair, Ash also has not been any of the people that have alerted the Beedrills. First it was Misty screaming, then it was Samurai just yelling. That's true, though he did wake up the uh, Kakunas. He did wake up the Kakunas, I guess. Yeah, I forgot about that. Not quite alerting the Beedrills, but still very similar. Um, but, you know, Team Rocket, in typical Team Rocket fashion, after being warned to be quiet, does not listen. They continue on with their little song, and guess what happens? The Beedrills fly out and begin to try to attack them. Um, Ash begins running. His plan, as he's running, as he's talking to himself, is basically to outrun Team Rocket so they get attacked by the Beedrills. That's a solid plan. I'll give Ash credit for that. I've always, I've always said, you know, if I, like, were to encounter wildlife... I would definitely try to outrun my companions so I could get away safely. Like, that's your best bet. Uh, my wife, my wife Jessie, is uh, a lot taller than me. Or Well, she's not taller than me, but she can run a lot faster than me. 
And so I'd probably have to, like, trip her or something first. But, you know, that would still be my plan. I'd have to slow her down so that I could escape. So good job, Ash. You're thinking You're thinking on your feet here. Uh, literally, because he's running. Get it? Like, think on his feet. <laughs> you're just anyway, full of it today. I don't know what's happening. I'm normally not very punny, but I am. Apparently, I'm, uh, I'm just getting a lot of opportunities today. Um, so as he's running away and he kind of explains that this is his plan... Ash Ash, uh, has a beedrill actually dive down at him, and he does, like, this epic dodge move, like something out of the Matrix. He's like, and he, like, swings to the side, and it misses. That was a pretty epic dive. I I noted that as well. I thought that was cool. I've not seen a lot of athleticism from Ash up until this point, so this surprised me. It was good. Um, Team Rocket is not concerned, though, as all of this is going on. Uh, they decide they're going to pull their little box-type covering up over their heads, and when they go to grab it, they actually discover that it's being eaten by Weedles. Apparently, according to, um, Je- according to James, they had to make it out of paper in order to reduce the weight. Why did they think that a paper shelter was going to protect them from beedrills that could punch holes through a wooden wall? I have no idea. I put the same thing. I'm like, Team Rocket, we are not thinking this through. Yeah, like literally they made a tank from cardboard paper type material and it's literally being eaten already. Um, so Ash, of course, uses this confusion as the Beedrills are coming after Team Rocket to uh, grab his Metapod and actually go grab um, Metapod and save him. So Ash is running with Metapod and at this point, he actually falls over. He just trips on the ground. Not sure really why or how that happened. And once he does, he begins to... He kind of has a heart-to-heart with Metapod, and it was kind of a touching moment. He begins to apologize to Metapod for being a terrible trainer. Good for you, Ash. You're finally showing some self-awareness. Yeah, I just feel sorry for Metapod or Caterpie, whatever you want to say, because he starts out as a Caterpie and gets made fun of for a whole episode And then the next episode just gets abandoned by his trainer. Yeah, I know, right? Um, So, and and while this whole conversation is going on, I'm really picturing that 90s soap opera music from the first episode and really wishing we had it, but it's not quite there. There's still some, like, dramatic, very typical late 90s music going on in the background, but it doesn't quite have the same weight of the uh, soundtrack from the first one. So I wish they would have continued using that. Um, But apparently Metapod forgives Ash. Because just as Ash is whining to him about how terrible he is, a Beedrill swoops into attack and Metapod actually hardens and jumps in to block the attack. But Metapod is still injured. Uh, I wanted to make a note here while Ash is having his heart-to-heart and Metapod jumps out. It's the first time we get to see the sad Ash where he's looking down and the bill of his hat covers his eyes. Ah, yes. I don't know if you remember that because you haven't watched these as recently as I have, but this will be a typical pose we see from Ash when I call it the sad Ash. The sad Ash. (laughs) I don't know. He looks down, his bilvis hat covers his eyes, then he goes into a monologue about whatever's happening at that point. And again, I think that's kind of an anime trope in general. Like a lot of like the characters from other shows, when they're sad, they'll like look down and like their swooping hair will usually like kind of cover their eyes a little bit. So I I don't know. That's kind of interesting. Ash begins to hold Metapod, though, um, as Metapod is injured, and final and something miraculous kinds of happens. Metapod evolves into Butterfree. So we've seen a lot of Kakuna evolve. We now see yep. Metapod evolve. Do you think that every forest just has giant casings around of evolved Metapod and Kakunas? 
I I would like to think that they probably do. I mean, if you think about it, you got like the casings around in the actual forest in our world. Yeah, but those are so small, they just disintegrate, you know, and yeah. decompose. I feel like it would take a lot longer to decompose a metapod or cocoon skin. That is true. Yeah, that's kind of a weird thought, but they probably are, I and mean, they don't almost have to be. Ash pulls out the Pokédex once his metapod evolves into Butterfree, um, and the Pokédex actually explains that this usually happens one week after evolving into Metapod. So Metapod is a short-lived Pokémon, according to this Pokédex entry, and then it evolves into Butterfree. Has it really been that long? Did we lose time for an entire week here? And if so, what actually happened during that week? Ash has no new Pokémon. I think this is where the Pokedex just messes up because, you know, being from the games, it evolves three levels later. At 7, it yeah. evolves into Metapod. At level 10, it evolves into Butterfree. So maybe most people take it a week to get those three levels, but also didn't really see, I guess, Metapod fought the Pinsir, but I don't think he fought enough to gain three levels, so... No, it was like one short battle and an awkward staring contest. If that's enough to get you evolved, I mean... That, that would be something. Just then, though, after the Pokédex entry and Ash is marveling at his new uh, Butterfree, a swarm of Beedrills actually swoop in and attack. Uh, but fortunately, Butterfree is there, and he puts all of them to sleep, including Team Rocket, who just seems to have come out of nowhere, maybe being chased by the group. I kind of missed that part a little bit. Like, were they being chased by the group, and that's why they were there? But either way, they, they all get put asleep. Yeah, they just kind of show up. And also when they show up, Samurai and Misty also show up. And they were holding this net thing, but the holes were huge. Like, how are you going to protect yourself from Beedrill with that net? <laughs> I don't know. They don't really seem like they know what they're doing. So so the see the swarm of Beedrills, they get put to sleep. So does Team Rocket. Samurai and, and Misty show up. They've got that they got that nut that you were talking about. And then the Samurai, after everything's done and, and everything's put to sleep, he actually gets impressed with Ash's handling of his Pokemon and tells him so. He's like, you know what? You impressed me, and I'm going to give you credit for that. And honestly, Samurai, you've been kind of a little turd this entire episode, swinging around weapons and crap. Uh, but I was a little impressed with you with you at least doing that. Um, and, then, and then the scene kind of ends. And we flash away... To Samurai giving Ash and his party directions to Pewter City. Um, Ash says that they should finish their match, but Samurai thinks that there is no need. He basically he 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 basically says that you know I would kind of lose anyway. You're obviously a better trainer, yada yada yada. Even though really the only thing he did was almost get himself killed, but fortunately Metapod evolved and saved everybody. He says that someday we will meet up again. And we will battle. And it's kind of like this heartfelt thing. Like, yeah, I'm going to... Uh, Samurai's like, I'm going to train real hard. And someday I'm going to meet up with Ash again. And we are going to battle. And we and it's going to be a great time. And this never happens. <laughs> really? Dang. Unless it's like... I know in the later season, they do come back to Kanto. But I'm pretty sure he doesn't ever see any of his friends he meets along the way so samurai is in the pokemon world they call it the character of the day because you know it's an episode they meet this new character and then they never meet them again <laughs> that's interesting in pokemon episodes they're called the character of the day and ash most of the time it does end with ash saying i can't wait till we see each other again and then it doesn't happen we'll even find out when ash releases some of his pokemon he'll be like i can't wait till we see each other again and that also doesn't happen. 
Yeah, it's almost like when people get away from Ash, they're like, whew, they think that's over with. I'm never going to talk to that kid again. I get it. I, I almost don't want to talk to Ash ever again either because he's just kind of, I don't know. I'm getting to like him a little more, but he has a lot of growth to do. Uh, but anyway, after after this little exchange, they bid each other farewell, and the party heads off for Pewter City. Uh, for the closing scene, we flash to Team Rocket, alerting and being attacked by Beedrills yet again. Not sure what kind of shape they're going to end up in, considering the amount of damage these Beedrills can do. But I guess we'll find out in the next episode, because at this moment, To Be Continued crosses the screen, and that is it for our episode. Yes, and just one last bit of trivia for the episode uh this episode was actually banned in south korea interesting why is that because of all the japanese stuff around the episode mainly samurai is what they think the samurai ah, yes uh, south korea is not a fan of the japanese so they at least in the 90s i don't know if it's changed any since then yeah i'm not sure either but i definitely uh can see that being a thing Yes, and as you said, that is our episode. And again, really fun episode to listen to um, or to watch. I really enjoyed it. What did you think of it, Tyler? Honestly, it was it was action-packed. It was a little dramatic. There was some actual character growth. This might be the best one so far, Jeff. I agree. And if you watch the episode, make sure to tweet us at Pokemon Snapshot. Also, if you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star review so other Pokemon fans like yourself can also listen to our podcast. Yeah, you better do it. So, that is the end of our episode. It has been real fun talking about it. So, join us next week when we're going to watch Episode 5, Showdown in Pewter City. Ooh, a showdown.